Chapter Nineteen of the Little House in the Fairy Wood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carmen H. The Little House in the Fairy Wood by Etta Cook Elliot. Chapter Nineteen: More Magic in the Mist. Indian summer had come round again before Eric really made up his mind to go. The flowers were asleep in the garden and there was a steady, gentle shower of yellow leaves down the forest. That morning, when he woke, the little house seemed suspended in a golden mist. As he stood in the doorway, he felt as though it might drift away up over the trees and into space any minute. But after a little, he knew it was not Helma's little forest house that was to go swinging away into space and adventure. It was himself. And suddenly he wanted to go then, to the sea and over and beyond. He caught the news into Helma and Ithra, who was still within doors. Helma came swiftly out to him. The trees are beckoning again, mother, he cried. The way they did a year ago when I first came here. Now it is just as Wildstar said. The music is beginning to go on. There's magic out today. Oh, what made Wildstar know so much? Sit down, said Helma. She took his hand and drew him down beside her on the doorstone. Then she held it firmly, while very slowly and distinctly, but once only, she gave him directions about how to go, where to go, and what to do, so that he might follow the magic. Eric sat and listened attentively, in spite of the high beating of his heart and the magic working in his head. As soon as she was done, he wanted to go right away that minute, for even in his happiness he knew that saying goodbye to all his friends in the forest would be too sad a task. They did not say goodbye when they went on long adventures or followed summer south. They simply disappeared one day and those who stayed behind forgot them until next season, so Eric would do as they. Only last week, Helma had made him a warm brown suit for the coming winter. The new strong sandals on his feet he had made himself. His cap was new too, and Helma had stuck two new little brown feathers in it as in the old one, so he still had a look of flying. There was really nothing to delay his departure further. Helma caught Ithra, and she came out slowly. There was no need to explain things for her, for she had heard everything. Emma lifted Eric's chin in her palms and looked long and earnestly at the child she was letting go away from her all alone out into the cruel world of earth people. She picked him up in her strong arms then, as though he were a very little boy, and kissed him. She ran with him to the opening in the hatch and sat him down there, laughing. Run along now, round the world, she said, and when you come back, bring a hundred new world stories with you. Eric laughed too, and promised and stood on tiptoes to kiss her again. He stroked her short flower petal hair and kissed her cool brown cheek over and over, but he did not cling to her, and he did not say another word, but ran to catch up with Ithra, who was to walk with him until noon and had gone on ahead. The children did not scuffle through the banks of leaves, or jump and run and burst into play as they were used to doing. They walked steadily forward, saying well little, neither hurrying nor delaying their steps. Once, when Eric's sandal came untied, Ithra knelt to fix it, for she was still more skillful with knots than he. But when the sun showed that it was noon, Ithra's steps grew slower and slower, dragged and dragged, until at last she stood still in a billow of leaves. I have to go back now, she said. In a flash, all the magic swept out of the day for Eric. He knew he could never say goodbye to Ithra, so he stayed silent, looking ahead into the fluttering golden forest. But even as he looked, the trees began to beckon with their high fingers, and way away down long avenues of trees, he almost glimpsed the sea. 
Ivra threw her arms around his neck and kissed him. Goodbye, comrade, was all she said. He kissed her cheeks. I'll come back, he promised. But before he had gone many steps, he turned to see her again. She was standing in the billow of leaves, a lonely-looking little girl, her face paler than it had been even on that day of the wind hunt. He wanted to run back to her and tell her he would be her playmate always and never leave the forest. But he wanted, too, to go on and across the sea and into foreign lands. He stayed irresolute. And then, quite suddenly, standing just behind Ithra, he saw Tree Mother. She was not looking at him at all, but at Ithra, and her eyes were kind stars. When Ithra turned to go home, she must walk right into Tree Mother's arms and against her breast. So Eric was happy again. Ithra could not be lonely with dear Tree Mother. Perhaps she could take her up in her airboat high above the falling leaves, where she could look down on the magic. He waved, calling, Remember me to the Snow Witches when they come. That was not because he really wanted to be remembered to them, but because he knew that Ithra liked them best of all, and it would please her. She nodded away too and threw him a kiss. Then a shower of fluttering leaves came between the playmates. When it was clear again, Eric had run on out of sight and was lost in front of the forest. On and on and on, through the showers of golden leaves he went, magic at his elbow and around him and beckoning ahead of him. And after long walking and many thoughts, at last he did see the sea, gleaming blue and white sparkles between the golden trees. End of chapter 19 and end of the little house in the fairy wood by Atta Cook Elliot.